Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainor, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Isabel. And welcome back to another episode of Comments by Bravo. Hey, Iz. Hi, Em. A little bit of a quiet week we got ourselves. Yeah, it's quiet, but, you know, enjoyable to watch, just not amazing to, like, have a podcast and recap, but I honestly never worry that we'll run out of things to talk about. So it's okay. Everything's fine. If there's one thing we're going to do, it's fine things to talk about. And (laughs) I really want to start out with episode two of New York because... We went in last week super optimistic. I still feel that same optimism. I will just say, I think this was a little bit of a dip from the premiere. Yeah, I mean, it was a strong premiere and it just like the glitz and glam of it, I think, really got to us. But again, like you said, I'm so optimistic. I just feel like it's sort of an interesting spot that we sit in because it's very clear that these women were not a friend group and maybe had overlap or connections. Some of them you can tell were really friends, but they are figuring out their friendships and dynamics and understanding each other as we're watching them and trying to understand them ourselves. So it's sort of just like this weird thing going on here. And I'm not mad at it, but it's just, it's certainly, it's different. Well, I was listening to Bethany and Jill because they did another episode of Bethany's Rewives podcast where they kind of recapped the first episode. And they were talking about exactly that, which is the phenomenon of Bravo trying to present housewives as though they are this very close group of friends when we all know that's not necessarily the case. And comparing it to their first season, Jill was saying, you know, she really felt like she did kind of know everyone and she was kind of the connector. And one, I mean, we can get into some of the other things they said because comparing it to 15 years ago when their first episode premiered March 4th, 2008. In some ways, it feels like we were in a totally different world. But I think looking at it from the perspective of just the way Housewives as a whole has evolved and how you see that trickle down even into the premieres, into the early episodes of a newer season. It's funny that Bravo holds on to keeping the illusion that it's a group of friends because as the show has evolved, There's so much fourth wall breaking and they know that the audience is really savvy, but that is something that they really won't let go and won't let it be like, this is a group of women that we obviously cast, you know, we know what's going on. Like we know how the sausage gets made at this point, but they still really keep that close to the vest and don't let the viewers in on that to keep, I guess, the magic alive of it all. But Yeah, I love the Bethany Jill conversation because I think it ties back to literally everything that we talk about and stand for in terms of how Housewives have changed and how it just, it physically can't go back to what it ever was because everybody knows it's impossible to not watch Housewives. It's impossible to not know a little bit of what's going on and how naive and clueless they were back in the day. You just, you can't recreate that magic. 
Well, even if we want to talk about just some of the physical elements, because of course there's a whole other conversation just about housewives, politics, and the way that you play the game, just in terms of presentation, Bethany was saying that she heard Cy talking about renting $400,000 worth of clothing for this season and really just wanting to put on a good show. And she's comparing it again 15 years ago to her thrifting a Ralph Lauren sweater for episode one, and they're filming a confessional on her couch. And it's true. It's like we can never go back to that and it would be unfair to expect that. And I actually think so much of what we do like now is the glitz and the glam and how overproduced it feels. Like not one of us is mad that they're bringing their glam teams on vacation. I think if anything, we find the lack of relatability of that to be kind of enjoyable. But it it is in so many ways a completely different show while still keeping the core of what made it so magical. And I I just want to say to your other point about Bravo keeping up this illusion, the funniest part about that is that We as the fans who factually know better, like we know what's going on here. We too like to seep into the illusion because it just makes it a more enjoyable watch if we on some level believe that this is somewhat a group of friends. Oh, I love to like pretend that I have ignorance. It's bliss. They're right when they say that. But (laughs) yeah, I just, I think we're so into the Bethany and Jill of it all. Aside from the episode, it just was such a nice added layer to hear them talk about it because you know, we spoke about it's really a crazy feeling that this is season 14 as opposed to season one or part B or whatever they would want to say. And these are two women who technically were cast members on the same show, but it actually doesn't even feel like the same planet even. Well, I also thought what was interesting is them talking about just their different perspectives in welcoming the new women because Jill said, you know, nine months ago, she reached out to all of them. She gave them her number. She was right there. Any advice? Whereas Bethany was approached to give some tips to Jenna Lyons and she was like, I want to stay completely out of this. I don't want to give advice and then be put on blast for the advice that I gave. And they were having the conversation about how Jill approaches things far more from the heart. Bethany approaches things far more business-minded. And even that conversation seeped into when they were talking about the premiere at the Rainbow Room, which we were also talking about last week. And Jill's stance was like, I think if I'm Bravo, I would have invited the former housewives, even if they maybe wouldn't have gone, even if they maybe shouldn't have gone. Like, there is just some magic that could have occurred there. And Bethany is saying from a business perspective, like imagine the impressions you would have gotten on a photo of Ramona with, with Jen Alliance, for example. I know. I think it's just such a delicate balance because these women were fired and it's, is it disrespectful to invite them and kind of flaunt in their faces, this newer, younger crew that's taking over their jobs, basically. I I don't know. But I also know these women don't pass up the opportunity to go to a party. It would have been so iconic. Like imagine Sonia and Uba and Bryn and that it would just be it would be incredible. And I almost think we would all feel maybe a little better or settled if we felt like in some way these women had their blessing. Yes. It's it's such a strange thing, but I do kind of relate to that. It's like, as much as I am enjoying this, and I truly am, there's a small part of me in the back of my head that feels like I'm cheating on Sonia, that feels like I'm cheating on Luann. And I'm I'm all for it. Like in this particular instance, I'm, I guess I'm a fan of infidelity in this one. I just, it feels slightly bizarre. I get, yeah, I do, but I also like, don't even think that they're It's apples and oranges. Like they're so different. I just, there's a part of me, I guess, that is just nostalgic for what was. Same with all the franchises. It's 
we'll never be able to go back to that because everyone just knows too much now and it's become such a thing. And it's impossible not to be studied. Like we used to be able to weed out the housewives who we thought like really signed up for the role and they were studying the show and they all they wanted was fame. But now obviously everyone's intentions are different and you know being a housewife because you want to do it for fun versus because you have to do it there's a whole conversation we could get into there but it is literally impossible not to know now and i think bethany and jill feel a sense of pride that they were there before this tide turned in the housewives world yeah and i also thought a really honest point that jill made was when she was saying you know listen I want them to be successful because, of course, I want them to be successful, but I also want this franchise to live on because that means in some way we live on forever. And Bethany hadn't really thought about it that way. It was just one comment. They moved on from it. But it got me thinking of, on a more general level, the way that housewives, former housewives who are now no longer part of the franchise, feel in some way or don't kind of forever connected to that. And you can tell Jill really, really does. It's a huge part of how she identifies as like a human being interacting with the world. And I just loved hearing that take. I think for both of them, it's a huge part of their identity. And that's why they care so much. Because in a way, it's like these are the younger pledge class of the house that they built. So... Yeah, it, like the first episode was so good and Bethany and Jill are exactly the people who I would have wanted to just talk about it with. So the fact that they did it together, we are so, so lucky. Like, do you even understand how lucky we are? I can't even believe it. No, I, I was on board for that. I also wanted to just say in terms of episode specifics, and I know we'll get more into it going off of the concept of, you know, these women kind of know each other, but they're not that good of friends and we all believe it. It's like when you really think about it, the act of going to somebody's vacation home, specifically their Hamptons home off season, meaning there's not a hell of a lot going on. Like you're really spending a lot of time in the house. It is a pretty intimate act. You know, under normal circumstances, you wouldn't have five women that you don't know that well staying in your home, literally in your daughter's bedroom. And I, I don't know. For some reason, I was hyper aware of that while watching. It didn't take away from the experience. I think if anything, it actually contributed. But if I'm Erin, like I'm not entirely comfortable in this spread that I'm presenting because I don't really know how to impress these women. Yeah, you're right. Being in someone's house is like the most intimate thing ever, having a sleepover with all these girls. I just feel like they're operating at a level 10 of friendship while internally they're only at a level maybe three, four, if I'm being generous. So I think for our sakes, that's going to be where the drama comes from because they don't know each other's quirks. They don't know intimate things. They're just learning about each other and sort of what makes them tick or what their backgrounds are, like all of those things. And I think that leaves a lot of room for things to go south because you don't even know what's going to offend somebody in a way. It just must be such like a mind fuck to be operating as if you're best friends with somebody, but you're really still kind of on the surface. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. 
Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. And Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, they're washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. I agree with what Jill was saying about her theory on the Lizzie Savetsky of it all, which is that, you know, she had been involved in the filming of the initial episodes. And then once she was no longer on the cast, they had to really cut that out, which is why this initial episode and and the one following it did kind of feel like we were maybe a little more in with the women than we probably would have been for it just being one or two episodes. But that's probably because there's only so much that they could do when they had to cut around so much, so much pre-existing footage. Yes. But I also actually liked that. Like Bethany and Jill were saying they didn't like that. They like when everything going on is something that was on camera. But when it came to this, I actually did like that because I felt like we were really jumping in. And as we said, it's, you know, really not a friend group. So there's basically no history there. But when you jump in and you feel like shit has happened and there's already these dynamics going on. It felt like, all right, we're not really starting from page one. At least we're like a chapter in and you can fill us in and there's dynamics already established instead of us like watching the birth of the dynamics. I almost was like happy that they had done a little legwork before we got there. No, that's exactly how I felt. I both agreed with her theory and also thought that it just so happened to be great, even though it was probably technically not ideal if I'm Bravo. I thought this was a rough week for Jessel. Yeah, it was a rough week for Jessel. I felt like for like actually for her to like live through. I think she probably didn't love this trip or at least this night. It was it's just like a lot of eyes and questions and firing at her. And then on top of it, Jenna Lyons is saying it's a fashion crime if you wear the bag that you just picked up. It's like doesn't really get worse than that. Yeah, no, that was not a circumstance that I would like to find myself in. And you could tell she was totally taken aback by that. I, I do think that if I'm her and watching this, I knew it was going to happen because this is Housewives playbook, but I don't think she necessarily anticipated this. You know, when she's in the car ride on the way out there and she's, I don't know if I want to say confiding in them because 
she wasn't saying it necessarily as a secret, but she was just sharing some updates on her sex life in the fact that it's been pretty non-existent in recent history. I don't think she realized just how much saying that was going to fuel later conversation. Like no part of her was saying that in preparation for having that be a core discussion point later on throughout the evening. No, but I almost love a rookie mistake like that because she probably won't make it again, but now the other women took it and run. But even even when she has the green lingerie on later and comes downstairs and like clearly doesn't like it and has having a little bit of a complex about like what she got versus what everyone else got, her lack of awareness that her shitting on the dress was almost like a direct shot at Jenna, even though Jenna didn't make the dress, you know, it wasn't like she was talking about Jenna, but it was like a beautiful, thoughtful gift from her. And you can just tell that she doesn't understand and know Jenna enough to like put those pieces together. And as much as they really were trying to build a friendship, there were a lot of moments surrounding this piece of lingerie that like, I think probably really hurt Jenna's feelings and maybe will create a little bit of tension between them. I don't know if Jenna's going to acknowledge it or feel like it's silly, but I just saw that starting to brew. And I thought that was interesting because the two of them had been spending like good quality time together. I think kind of what was going on there is that you could tell she just did not feel comfortable. I mean, she had voiced in the car some insecurities she was actively dealing with. She didn't want to put the lingerie on to start with. They're all doing it. She feels like she has to do it. Not only does she not like the piece of lingerie, but you can tell she doesn't feel sexy in it, which I think was bringing up some of her other insecurities about not feeling sexy and potentially that being part of the reason that she maybe doesn't want to be as sexually engaged with her husband at the time. Like it was, it really had nothing to do with Jenna. She was having like a little bit of an issue internally. And I felt for her because that's the worst feeling when you put something on and you just don't feel the way you know you're supposed to feel in it. It was just because Jenna was the one that purchased it. It ended up coming out as such a hit when I really don't think she meant it like that. Not at all. Also, Jenna gave so much about her life in this episode. Like, I feel like a lot of people maybe preemptively were like, oh, she's not going to open up or she's not going to be open with the girls. Like there was a lot of chatter of that. But when you really look at it, she spoke about two, I think, huge points in her life, her relationship and losing her mother. And also when the New York Post outed her all those years ago and like what that experience was like and sharing that not just with these women, but also with like the entire world on this show that she just sort of dove into, I thought was like an incredible character moment for us to get to know her like that. Yeah. And also because I think that she could maybe be accused of at times being a little bit standoffish or not as vulnerable. And you see, she is willing to be very vulnerable and share these major life events that have occurred for her. She's just going to do it in her own way, kind of on her own terms. I mean, something that I thought was interesting from Bethany and Jill's conversation is Bethany was saying that her interpretation from watching it was almost like Jenna was kind of in a category of her own. Like it was acknowledged silently that it was a very big deal that she was doing the show, which it, it is. And it, and I think it was, but even just in this one conversation at Topping Rose, what we are seeing as viewers, aside from ourselves getting to know her, you're seeing the women getting to know her. And I think making that connection of like, whoa, this this is really cool. Like I think they are having that realization as well while they are in this experience with her. Do you feel that way? Yeah, but it's like also simultaneously how much of a real person she is. And like even though these struggles like being out in the New York Post are a very 
unique thing that doesn't happen to a lot of people. It's still an experience. And it's like, I think hearing it from Jenna in this way, instead of just like reading about it or, you know, going on her Wikipedia, they were like, oh, we can really connect on this, especially like when she was talking about her mom and just all these different things. I think they like were getting to know her and feeling like, oh, you're a real human, but also having that moment of like, oh shit, you've, you've seen a lot. Totally. And I think that at least from what I've picked up on thus far, and this could certainly change, it does feel like they're wanting to embrace that instead of feeling like she thinks that she's so much better than us and she has all these stories to tell. I That wasn't the vibe that I was getting, at least so far. I also feel like she could be name dropping like nobody's business. Like if you're anyone else and you get on this show, you're immediately going to talk about who you know, who you've dressed, what you know about fashion, like try to one up everyone. And she doesn't do that. And that's why she's cool. You know, there's a Vogue video or Vogue or Arc Digest or something. I'll put it in the description where I just saw she's doing like a closet tour and there's a skirt and she's like, I wear this to Solange Knowles wedding. I'm like, okay, casual, but I don't think she's bringing that up on the show. And unless the girls are going to ask her about it, you know, she's not running around being like, well, uh, when I was at this and when I was at that, she's proud of her accomplishments as a businesswoman, but you're, I, we're just so used to that being everyone's first reaction to like word vomit everybody they know and how much money they have and all these places that they do and belong and Hamptons and this and that. And like, no, she's just like, I'm cool enough on my own. But that's, it, it's such a rare balance to strike as a housewife to be both understated while simultaneously technically being the most stated <laughs> in the crew. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like they're going to dinner and she is, just objectively the most casual one there yet still looks the coolest it's i, I don't know i like no, you're born with that yeah you're born, exactly you, you can't teach that i'm just i'm just all in on her but enjoyable episode nothing crazy i am very optimistic about where we go from here i think call Bryn, brandy glanville call her whatever you want to call her i think she'll definitely come in and mix things up in a very fun way yeah and we felt i felt her missing this week listen if Bethany and Jill want to keep talking about it, I'm going to keep listening. Not because I agree with all the opinions, but I would be <laughs> lying to you if I said that. Oh, wait, when Bethany had the tick on her in the middle of the. I I thought anyone, Emma was going to die. No, she was laughing so hard. I was hysterical just because it was the most classic thing. And then Gary, Jill's boyfriend, yes. like chiming in. She's like, all right, Dr. Brody. Like they I, were being so funny. I miss them. I'm so happy. I know. I'm really happy that they're that they're back. Anyway, it was a fun week and I am very much looking forward to what's ahead. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. 
Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. I'm not even going to lie to you. I never thought these words would come out of my mouth, but I had the time of my life in the waxing room with Shane and Emily. (laughs) That is not what I thought you were going to say. Like, you know, I know we've given this guy some shit over the years, but his enthusiasm over her getting her ass back was killing me. Why is Shane my favorite house husband? (laughs) No, no, no. Stop. I just... For some reason, under normal circumstances, this would not have had this effect on me. I would have been like, you know what? I don't have any desire to watch this. But when they were doing the montage of him just loving her butt, I was loving it. I've really turned a corner on him. And it's not about him, but I just – I've always loved Emily. And I feel like we're actually getting a real look at like what she sees in him and what their real relationship is like. And we maybe just caught them in a moment in time when we were first introduced. But (laughs) – I love it. And then on top of that, seeing Gina now in such a good place, not only with Travis, but with her ex, Matt, and his new girlfriend and them having like a blended family, never thought we'd see the fucking day. And what a nice sort of <laughs> curveball we were thrown. Well, that's the thing. It's like the the group is really split between people that everything seems super great at home and then other people where we are about 10 seconds away from absolute destruction as evidenced by the last few minutes of of the episode where Shannon like kind of loses her shit. Well, yeah. I mean, the Dubros just bought like a $17 million house in Beverly Hills. So that's interesting. Like, I feel like she's literally going to join Real Housewives of Beverly Hills soon. I was I was thinking that. It's, it's not the craziest thing that Taylor switched from Beverly Hills to OC and that Heather could potentially switch from OC to Beverly Hills. I don't think, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's not the craziest thing in the world now that we know that a trans uh, city, a trans, let's say a transatlantic jump can happen, but a like, transatlantic trade. Yeah. yeah now, now that we know that that's possible, I mean, technically you can cross city lines, I guess. Right. And I think Heather would be actually a really perfect person to do it because she has friendships with them, but also would totally butt heads with some of the other women, maybe some new women. Like, I am so down for it. Back to Shannon, though. I would like to say this is a very interesting story arc that we're embarking on because if you're only watching the show, you know, or what you don't know is that they break up literally the day they stop filming this season. So until this point, everything's sort of fine and dandy and status quo. But this is the episode where we see Tamara bring something up that sends Shannon into a spiral and she says if this comes up my relationship is over so we know that they do break up but 
What I would like to add to that is that Shannon was on Jeff Lewis Live this week and her, she had had like this little fling boyfriend for a hot minute. And then her and John have been hanging out together again a lot. And the last time she was on, she was like, we're just friends. We're just friends. We care about each other a lot. We were in each other's lives a lot, but nothing's going on. But this time, which was, I think maybe Friday, things are different. I think that they either are back together. They're flirting with the idea of getting back together and that it's going to happen. So since what we're watching they broke up, potentially got back together already, which is just like crazy. And I, I root for them, but I don't know what Tamara's about to say that would fuck it up. Do you have any idea? No. I, and I root for them as well. But I mean, think about how long Shannon has done this show. She knows the way things work. For her to get up and break the fourth wall in that moment to go over to where production is sitting and basically make that declaration that if this gets aired out, her relationship is over. That feels like a pretty big deal. And it also feels like the type of thing that would only happen in the presence of Tamara, Vicky, and Tequila Shots. <laughs> Correct. By the way, this is coming from a woman who, the father of her three children after like decades of being married, cheated on her and she aired every single thing out and really held no skeletons in her closet. So for this to be what makes her sort of snap and break the fourth wall in that way. Obviously, she cares a lot about her relationship with John, but I don't know what what Tamara's bringing up. And I think it is a little sneaky of Tamara to bring it up in a way where it's throwing Heather under the bus, but also like it's allowing Tamara to bring it up. You know what I mean? Like you're a real friend. You're not Tamara. You're not even going to mention shit. You're not going to seize this opportunity to throw Heather under the bus because you know... It's bringing up whatever Heather said on camera. But that's that's what I was saying to you about Tamara last week. And again, coming from the perspective of someone who really enjoys her as a housewife, the reason that I think it would be very difficult to get super close to her is because I think she is a housewife before she's a friend. Like she plays the game before she's going to be deeply loyal to you. And listen, objectively, did that make excellent TV? And is it about to make excellent TV? Yes. But if I'm Shannon, I'm either pissed at Tamara for doing that, or I've accepted when re-welcoming her into my life that this is kind of what comes with the territory. And I just know I always got to be on alert that she may do a move that I think is really shitty, but I can, as a fellow player, recognize it for what it is, you know? But Tamara's such a sneaky player that she knows Shannon well enough that her anger will be only directed at Heather because she's saying, do you trust Heather? You know, she brought this up. She brought this up. And Shannon has her blinders on that Tamara is now bringing it up again and shining a spotlight on whatever it is. And she she won't be in the line of fire because her hatred and anger or whatever will be directed in Heather's way. So Tamara knows what the fuck she's doing. It's partially that and it's also partially that I think from Shannon's POV and both of them, but I'm just for the purpose of this conversation from Shannon's POV, I think she feels really good about the fact that her and Tamara in this current moment are good. Like it's it's more enticing for her to have anger directed at Heather right now than it is at Tamara, given the fact that it was so exhausting to even get to the place with Tamara that she's at right now. So it feels like if I'm choosing between the two, the route that I'm going to go on if I'm Shannon is probably to be pissed at Heather because it allows me to keep everything kind of tame with Tamara at the moment. I also think she was just seeing red and wasn't fully thinking it through. No. And Tamara knows exactly that that's what would happen. You know, she's the puppeteer. 
What about Vicky? What about Vicky? Just it's like I know that this woman is a little bit batshit crazy, but I do not care. I'm sorry. She, I see her, and I just something happens to me when I see Vicky after not seeing her for a while, and it is it's happened to me pretty much every single time. I just immediately think about the scene when she stormed into Michael's college. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, it, 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 that has stuck with me. Like I would truly say out of any reality television scene I've ever watched in the history of my life, that is maybe top 10 of just moments I will never forget. And so when I see Vicky and I haven't seen her for a while, I'm like, you are the same bitch that stormed right into that dorm room. Because Vicky has what we want out of every housewife. The exact split down the middle of smart and completely delusional. Yes. That truly, if you were putting together a Venn diagram of what makes the perfect housewife, both of those things would be on the chart. Yeah. I mean, that is all I care about. I'd be lying to you if I said that I could get super into this Heather Amin, Ryan dick pic situation. Well, it was actually very confusing the first time I watched because I for maybe five minutes thought they were talking about Heather Dubrow. And I'm like, why the fuck is Heather Dubrow care about this guy? She does not even know who you're talking about. And then I realized it was another Heather. I mean, bring Heather on as a friend of at least, you know, like she seems to be very entangled in this situation. Obviously, Tamara bringing her to the pool party was to set this up and for them to have this conversation. But I actually think the co- the conversation kind of went re- weirdly well. Like, I don't really know. First of all, what are you guys talking about? Second of all, you're watching this scene knowing that in real time, Jen is on Watch What Happens and Ryan is in the audience trying to have what he thinks is about to be a moment, giving Andy the hashtag dick pic hat. And you can see Andy is just thoroughly unimpressed. And I'm just like, I I want to root for Jen. I do. And I do root for her because I think she's a kind soul. But it's like, if you can't see the bullshit this guy is spewing, then I unfortunately can't help you. Yeah, you know what? I actually decided I don't care. Let's move on. Like, <laughs> fuck this guy. Like, like, what are we talking about here? Uh, who? Like, who are these people? I know. I know. I don't know them. I, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Like, when he accidentally, quote, quote, sent a dick pic to his, quote, whole contact book, and it was really just one woman, fine. You got me there. But I'm sorry. I'm not invested. No, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. He's, he's not fooling us twice. <laughs> dick pick me once. Shame yeah. on you. Dick pick me twice. You're out. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. 
So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, so I got to tell you, last five minutes of Atlanta are what I was the most interested in when the headline pops up on the screen saying, Drusador's lesbian affair caused her divorce. Ralph denies cheating and abuse. This is all capitals messy. Okay, wait. There's so much here because first of all, let's backtrack a couple of minutes to Marlo's iPhone footage of Candy and Drew going at it in the hotel room when they're fighting over whether or not on the infamous Bolo night, Drew made out, kissed, whatever, with their friend Latoya, which like I thought as of last season was sort of like an understood thing that it kind of did happen. And they were just like, whatever. I, we, they spoke at the reunion. There was the footage and it's being re-brought up. And that sort of ushered us into this new storyline about Drew's maybe affair with some other woman. What I can't help but literally laugh at is after Ralph is going to be literally the worst husband that anyone's ever seen. Such a fucking lying asshole, cheater, just awful. They're going to not only divorce, but blame the entire demise of the marriage on Drew maybe having an affair or having some sort of side thing. Like, fine, maybe that's the straw that broke the camel's back. But I refuse to blame the divorce on her going out because this has been years of him mistreating her and I'm sorry he is not going to get away with that with me. But also if I'm her, I'm so annoyed even though I probably get it from a production standpoint, I'm so annoyed with the way that Bravo rolled this out. Not saying that this wasn't exactly what they probably should have done if they're trying to get the most shock value, but them divorcing, no it wouldn't have been shocking. We all know that that's the case, but it would have been enough to kind of grab us in, whereas you're grabbed in for a half a second and then immediately all the attention is diverted to her potential affair, which again is salacious and worthy of discussion. But like, as you said, let us not focus on the major issue here, which is just him being a completely inadequate partner. I hope that when the real divorce storyline comes into play, we get a full on roll the tape montage of him being an asshole because that's what he deserves. I mean, are, are we going to forget about Tampa? Like, do you guys remember? I did not forget about Tampa. The, he, he literally left, went to Tampa, and then defiantly refused to acknowledge, explain, give any details as to what occurred in Tampa. And he was expecting that she just needed to be okay with that. I mean, no, I'll never forget it. Remember when she learned gaslight and then it really resonated with her in such a in such a way i i remember that like i i felt for her in that moment of it, it's such a satisfying feeling when 
there's something that someone is doing and then there's a word that's perfectly describes it and then it hits for you. It's like, I could tell how hard it hit for her. Right. Like almost a a validating feeling of like, oh, there's a word for it and I'm going to use the fuck out of it because it's how I've been feeling. Yes. I know that feeling. He just sucks. I I cannot stand this guy. And you know what's unfortunate is that like in a scene like last week, if we didn't know what we know, he at first glance is very charming and fun and supportive. And, you know, he he creates a, a good little environment for them to have some conversations. Meanwhile, behind closed doors or not even behind closed doors in a therapy session, in a, a lot of these other scenarios, he's just so angering and so dismissive of her. Fuck him. If I'm Candy, well, maybe being a little bit annoyed, I'm almost more flattered that these women enjoy my company so much that they're annoyed about the fact that I'm not there. Like, when does that ever happen in Housewives? <laughs> right. But I feel like Candy and Jenna Lyons are in the same boat where yes. they're almost like so big and successful for the show. And yeah, Candy obviously talks about it and everyone's very aware of her success, but she's like, this is my side hustle. Like, I right. am building an empire outside of this and I am so well respected in my fields that maybe sometimes showing up to the sip and spa facial day that we're filming at three in the afternoon isn't going to work. And because she's candy, because she's the longest standing housewife right now, because she's such good TV, she can get away with it. Like she, when she shows up, she shows the fuck up. And when she doesn't, she's missed. And I think like, you're right. The, it would be worse if no one gave a fuck if she was there or not. And like, we miss her, they miss her, but when she does show up, she is present and she brings her candy A game. Yeah. I mean, you know how I feel about candy. I think she's one of the greatest to ever do it. I just, it is, it is funny that there's this like kind of unacknowledged while simultaneously very acknowledged understanding of like, yeah, when it's convenient, she's going to be there, but she's got some bigger fish to fry. And not only do the women need to understand it, but so does Bravo. And clearly they do. Exactly. Exactly. And like, we're understanding of that. You think that the last thing I'm ever going to do is criticize Candy for being worldwide. (laughs) She is fucking worldwide. Is there anything else that you would like to mention about anything? I know this was a light week. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I know you're self-aware enough to say this was a light week and that's okay. That's fine. It's summer. It's like, you know, everyone's taking a beat. What else do I have to say? I mean, Kyle was on Amazon Live refuted everything about taking her ring off and being photographed without her ring that she was just in a rush and said that this season's going to be really good. I just like literally don't know and I can't wait to actually see her sit down in a confessional and explain it to us because I need to hear everything out of her mouth. And I actually think this season of Beverly Hills I feel like we thought might be boring and I think it's going to be really good. Not just because of this, but just in general. I'm I'm ready to have them back. It feels like it's been such a long time. I think it's going to be really good, honestly. And you know, the more I'm thinking about this Heather Dubrow thing, not saying that that's going to happen. I have no idea where they're at in casting, how that would even work. But just for one second to consider it, going off of the IMDb conversation from last week or two weeks ago, I think that she would understand almost the prestige of Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I think there would be something about her from like a resume perspective that would really love the idea of of being on that cast. Totally. I'm I'm actually very excited about the idea. I don't know why we're acting as though she announced that she's doing that, but to me, it makes perfect sense. And she would press toward the shit out of it and do such a good job. And it would be just like 
it would be great. And she would come in and be friends with these girls and maybe look down on the new girls and cause a little drama that we'd watch her house get built. And like, that's basically all I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just named the big three right there. That's all I'm I easy need. to please. I'm easy to yeah. please. We are so easy to please. That's, that's <laughs> how you knew that that one season of Salt Lake City was so bad because we were not even pleased and i feel like the bar is so low for us in terms of what we find to be enjoyable no like what am i a critic no i'm just here to talk shit no exactly exactly all right well i think that is it you guys we love you thank you for listening thank you for letting us do this thank you for being with us on the busy weeks and the weeks that are a little bit more slim because we're always here so we love that you are on this ride and julie and i will see you later this week for our kardashian recap So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.